Round one. Fight. Heroes never die. I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. <laughs> I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow in the knee. Power, sex, sex, power. They both come down to one thing. Hungry Gamers. Hello, 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 and welcome, boys and girls, to the 257th episode of the Hungry Gamers podcast. We are powered by 8bit.net and those sexy audio-based legends over at audiotechnica.com or audiotechnica.com.au for you AU listeners out there. Check that website out straight away and get yourself some great audio equipment. But anyway, I'm your extremely humble host, Brendan White. You can find me just about everywhere at Brendan 8-Bit on them socials. And joining me today, the cheese to my crackers, the podcast ride or die. You can find her on them socials also at Miss Allie Hart. Miss Allie Hart, how the bloody hell are you? I'm doing good, but I would have preferred to be the Cabanossi. Oh, good call. Good call. Yeah, Cabanossi is like a game, like when it comes to like those like snacks, those barbecue snacks that you have before the barbecue. Cabanossi and Cabanossi. Yes. Yeah, that is that is very true. And excuse my ignorance, but is Cabanossi, is it a common thing in America? I, I don't remember seeing it. it when I was running around there. Can't find it. <laughs> can't find Damn. it anywhere. <laughs> That's a shame because it It is so good. Yeah. Like I used to get to the stage where like I used to just like, because Kabanossi sticks usually from the grocery store was always like pretty long. So you just like snap it in half and just walk around. Chew on it. Chew on it like a big stick. (laughs) Barbarian, yeah. (laughs) So I think I'm going to have to buy, I've got some Jats crackers in the cupboard already, but Mm. I do not have any Kabanossi. So I'm going to buy some in the next day or two when uh, live my best uh, life and eat some Kabanossi. On those crackers, and then also then just yeah, carry it around like a big staff and yeah. swing it and chew on it. Yeah, swing it and chew on it. Do it for me, because do, do it for your, your Aussie friend in the States who can't seem to find it anywhere, so. I can't believe, like, maybe like a little Italian deli, maybe? But yeah, I've I don't remember seeing it yeah. anywhere in America, and even in Canada, I don't remember seeing Cabanossi. Yeah, I feel like, I guess I have to, like, dive more deeper into it and kind of, like, see what Cabanossi is, like, what's the contents, and maybe it's known as something else over here or something. But, like, I have been genuinely on the lookout. Like, any time I see something that maybe even looks remotely close to it, and it, it's not it, so... The hunt Any continues. listeners out there that know where to uh, send Miss Ellie Hart to get some Cabanossi over in the <laughs> US of A, hit us up on them socials at We8Bit, obviously directly at Brendan8Bit or Miss Ellie Hart because, uh, yeah, the Cabanossi hunt shall continue. Mm, hashtag but, send uh, your onto, sausage. <laughs> on to much more serious discussions after we've talked about that fantastic uh, neon red-skinned meaty snack. Oh. What have we been doing this week? So, full disclosure, I haven't been playing much because uh, the NBN saga of Melbourne continues. I have now got the NBN box installed, finally. Went rogue, said that my landlord approved for them to punch a hole through the wall to put the box in. So, the box is in. Happy days. And then, lo and behold, find out that the NBN sort of regional connection for the suburb I reside in is currently down and working erratically and it might not get fixed until October the 20th. So, um... so bad. Yeah. So I'm on that phone tether again. Isn't Melbourne still in lockdown? Yeah. Yeah. 
So the one way that people could actually get work done during this lockdown, people in your area, such as yourself, uh, don't really have a reliable internet connection to work from home. Correct. That is correct. And it's not like I live out in the boonies. Like I could understand if I lived two hours out of Melbourne, Mm. but I'm literally 10 minutes out of the city. Like I'm in the thick of it and (laughs) the NBN in the region is fucked. So um, it's just like almost like Benny Hill music needs to get cued every time I have discussions about the NBN now because it's like, I've got the box there. Oh, but now the internet's down. So yeah, the old phone tether is... um, seen me through at the moment um but yeah like it could be worse i always keep thinking that i'm like could be worse i'm still able to record these podcasts i'm still able to exist on the internet and watch some things but Mm. i just haven't been able to really play much as of late so um i'll just quickly jump in and say that i got on the uh the internet hysteria bandwagon and watched all of the first season of squid game which is a new little ditty that has made its way onto netflix over the past week or so, it mm. dropped on, um, I think, officially on the 17th or 18th of September. Uh, it's, it's a show that was uh, filmed in South Korea. It's a survival drama, as they class it as. And um, anyone that's watched Battle Royale or if you're a bit more mainstreamy, The Hunger Games, it's like you know a series of, of games or challenges that a group of down-on-their-luck desperate individuals are partaking in uh, that have some very violent... Uh, situations play out in said events. So mm. they play a series of games from their child, like from like childhoodish games, and um, you know it's it's pretty pretty violent, pretty gory. Some good good writing. I would recommend watching it um, with with the sub as opposed to the dub. I watched a bit of the dub, and um, voice work for the most part was okay. But there's a couple of characters where it just feels like they are just caricatures compared to the others so jumping across to that um to that sub made my viewing experience so much better um it's on track to be like the most watched television series on netflix of all time oh wow Uh, at the moment people are horny for squid game uh really really good i really enjoyed it it's one of the the better things i've watched this year it's it's not perfect. There's a couple of parts in it where I'm like, oh, this dragged or this is a bit silly or why did they write that that way? Mm. But overall, I binged it within a day, really enjoyed it. Great cast, great writing, and it's a bit of a pleasant surprise. So if you're looking for something to smash out that's a little different to the norm at the moment on the streaming services, Squid Game on Netflix is well worth a watch. But outside of that, I'm just still living my living my best weeb life, Miss Hart. I'm watching so much anime still. Just because it's easy to stream mm-hmm. and it's easy to like just churn through episodes. I've just jumped onto Black Clover, which is oh, yeah. a journey because it's 150 episodes. Yeah. There's like 51 episodes per season. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm about 30 episodes into season one so far. Yeah, I haven't which watched- Which is good. I'm enjoying it. I haven't watched this one, but I've actually heard good things about like Black Clover. Yeah, it's really good. It's really good. Like the the cast of characters is great. Oh. The the combat, the concept, the tone. The one thing that irks me with this, and it happens with a lot of anime, like I'm not sort of saying anything new here, is that it's one of those shows that just loves doing the the recap at the start of every episode where even after the the opening trailer has finished, it'll like play the final two or three minutes of the episode you've just watched. 
So there's like, it feels like there's dead air a lot of the time where I'm like, mm-hmm. fuck, I literally sat through this five minutes ago and now I'm watching this exchange happen again. So yeah. it feels like there's just a bit of wasted airtime there. But talking to Benny, after the first season, I think that sort of gets tossed aside a little bit. Mm-hmm. So once I'm finished these 51 episodes or whatever in season one, hopefully I'll get less of that and more action and more good writing. So yeah, uh, yeah Brennan Weeb. 2021 edition is uh going well but that that's me what about you miss Hart? what you been playing oh uh, so um i've been playing two games um because downtime is actually pretty difficult at the moment but um when i've had time i've been playing uh kina bridge of spirits by um ember lab and my goodness i love this game it's like it's just so beautiful it's like absolutely gorgeous um the cute little little creatures which are referred to as rots in the game uh, i was so scared that they die they don't um they follow you, you get around. such a big little assortment of them following it's you and you can decorate them so, yes they're so so cute and you get to buy all these like little cute hats and you know things to put on their heads and i'm every corner that i can buy one i i discover it and i buy them and they are just the cutest little things and it's like the people um, at Ember Lab knew me and said, not only will we put cute things in this game, you can dress it up and you can interact with them. So you can take like little moments and just like play with them if you want to. It's got nothing to do with the game. It does absolutely nothing, but you can just like take <laughs> moments and play with them. So I have a rule now. Every um, big boss battle, we sit down and um, I they do a little dance. We'll... we'll do a little interaction so that's my that's my rule um it's so heckin cute this game so adorable and i'm just like i can't believe how beautiful this game is um like the environment is just so beautiful it's so like luscious and green and colorful and like even the, the different areas there everything's just so beautiful but it's also very interactive as well because you have these like spirit casts like inter- um actions that you do and then you just watch the like the leaves and the greenery around you react to your movement and i just think that's so impressive because it's usually uh, like things that maybe other game developers maybe kind of miss or don't really think about and like maybe it maybe it doesn't mean much, but like the fact that this studio were very sure about it, like kind of really sets you in, you know, in the world and makes the world a part of the game, which makes kind of sense based on like the kind of narrative that they're pushing with this game. So, but I and I've got to be honest, I've actually had some difficulty um, with boss battles. I don't. I've know. heard it's a bit challenging. Like oh, outside good. of the, the cutesy world, <laughs> I just thought I was um, shit. a few people I've I've seen playing and, and on the socials. Like I've watched a couple of friends streaming parts of it this past week, and they they were getting rolled a few times, like yeah. in a row in rapid succession, fighting certain enemies and bosses. So don't 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 beat yourself up too hard because I, it is challenging. From I what they tell me, genuinely thought I was pretty shit at it. Um, so it's good to know that other people are struggling. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm still. You know, churning through the story, um, I like I said, I try to play it whenever I can because time is limited. But for this stage, I'm no regret. It was like I think it's like forty US is how much the game cost, and mm. I already feel like I've already gotten my money's worth. So um, I'm looking forward so to finishing it, uh, and I'm also trying my best to get achievements. Although I've heard to get full achievements, you have to play it on master, so I <clears throat> might not be hundred percenting that. <laughs> I'm um I'm really excited to play this game. I would have been playing it with you this week, but obviously the internet, internet situation yeah. you've heard about has limited what I can uh, use my bandwidth for. 
So uh, it's 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 on the list. It's ready to roll once this MBN gets sorted out in my area. But it looks so good. I love that this is the debut game from Ember Lab. I love that this game was made by a team of like 15 people. Really? Uh, and yeah, it's a really small studio that put this together and it's their debut entry. It's incredible. And it's getting really, really good uh, press and reviews and getting talked about as one of the better games of 2021. So um, I'd have to agree. hits just keep hum- coming, Miss Hart. Yeah, I'd have to agree. This is definitely one that I think a lot of people shouldn't miss. Um, and I just think, like I said, for the cost and what I've already experienced, I definitely think it's worth it. So for anyone that's maybe been on the fence, definitely look into it. It's- yeah, it's like 60 bucks Australian, which, you know, it's obviously it's not nothing. It's still money, but yeah. like comparative to some of these other games where it's stinging you $100 plus, exactly. it's it's a nice little point of difference. And it's a yeah, debut entry from Ember Lab, really, really good um, sort of ratings and, and reviews all through social media and through the game. It's an 82 slash 81 on Metacritic. So, um, you know, it's getting really, really well reviewed by the press. Uh, and and I like it, like just the art styles, is, mm, and I can't wait to uh, play and customize the little little rots and mm-hmm. uh, put all kinds of cute little outfits on before we get punished. <laughs> I'm already looking for little plushies and little statuettes of these rots. I just adore them. They're the cutest. They have these goofy little smiles. Oh, so great! They're, they're so cute, and and I can't help but when I see them, I just think of the little soots from Spirited oh, Away yeah. all the time. Yeah. So they sort of are one and the same for me, but like that's awesome because I adored them in in um, Spirited Away as well, which is one of the Ghibli's best movies of all times, IMO, or the, one of the best animated films of all time, in my opinion, also. So, yeah, Kina, Bridge of Spirits, recommend. Ain't been approved so far. So far, yeah. Um, and the only other one that I wanted to mention that I got to play kind of like in the background got released, it was either this week or maybe the previous week, um, is it's a game called Timberborn. Um, it's early access. I'm not sure how many listeners remember, but this was a game that was released um, or mentioned, sorry, in one of the kind of India showcases of E3. Um, And it's the game where it's like a city builder, but you're actually beavers. Um, And you're building like technology. I hope it's good. I hope it's it's, good. It's been great. Like it's been exactly what I thought it would be. Um, It, like I said, it is still early access. Um, so there's still like, you know, you still can run into bugs and some hiccups and stuff. But now now having early access, because I played the demo, now having early access, I'm getting more access to technologies, to things that you can study and learn and build up and everything. And um, it's 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 a little hard for me um, because the the hurdle that you reach that's different from any other builder apart from being beavers is that you experience drought. So there's like drought seasons that kind of come through. So you're very dependent on like water consumption and holding like retaining as much water as you can before a drought season comes because that affects, um, you know, pretty much your beavers, how they live because of crops, because of trees and deforestation, all that sort of stuff. Um, you can also do water-based technology. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of like the curve that they throw in there for, for it to be a bit different from other city builders. Um, it's very cute and like I said early access so you still pay for it uh, and they're hoping that people can report bugs and 
you know, for further development. But yeah, help build that game out exactly together. Exactly right. So, um, yeah. So it's called Timberborn. Look into it if like city builders are kind of your thing. So it's kind of unique, very cute. What is what is the currency of the beaver in Timberborn? Like what do you need to earn X amount to be able to build things or what do you pay with in, in this? Would it surprise you that it was mostly wood? So, so, so then is it, you, you, see, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, is it wood? But then are you sell like, you know, using the wood to buy a wooden structures no so uh, so if the other like so obviously structures are dependent on wood so that's the majority of things but then obviously when you want to evolve and get better um there's actually like kind of like studying like knowledge um so you actually build like little a little science hut where one beaver goes in to (laughs) study and you get these like little points so then you can unlock more things so i guess that maybe is the currency because for the most part it's just like food you got to survive on food um survive on wood and then you also survive on metal as well so okay it sounds so dumb but it sounds so it it sounds yeah it sounds a bit dorky it sounds a bit you know but i i I think they've done really well by taking a very general concept of city builders and just having this very unique spin onto it to make it just a little bit different from all the others. Yeah, and it's it makes it hell. memorable. Like anyone's played a like a, a world building sim, you know, it's, it's all pretty well for the same and similarly paint by numbers stuff, but mm-hmm. this is very different and stands on its own. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, Timberborn. I need, I need to have a look at this. It looks. It looks great, at least just for the laughs and the the happiness I'd probably get from watching these little beavers go to it's, go to the science hut and learn things. It's so cute, especially when you like click on their little huts when they're sleeping at night. They sound like your little pups, just little little snoring, just like little little snores. Aww, little snores, yeah. little beavers. Well, that sounds good. Something else that sounds good, I guess we could jump into very shortly, Miss Hart. Obviously, a quick bit of housekeeping, though. Mm. Obviously, uh, if you wanted to support us monetarily, you can do so over at ko-fi.com forward slash we are 8-bit. We've got a host of tiered subscription levels available for your pleasure there that get you exclusive access to podcasts, events, giveaways, so on and so forth. Uh, you can also uh, get the 8-bit founders coin from there. It's a uh, one-off singular run. So uh, once they are sold out, they are gone forever. It's $20 AUD to get that shipped anywhere on planet Earth. So uh, you can get one of those over at ko-fi.com forward slash we are 8-bit. Or you can also get immortalized in the family portrait for 2021, which is the Star Wars themed edition. Uh, for $50 AUD, you get yourself your own personalized avatar, as well as the finalized group shot once it's done at the end of 2021. But outside of that, Miss Hart, I guess we can jump over to this. This week's news headlines. And a couple of quick little bangers to begin with here. And the first one, uh, we've had confirmation from the man himself, Mr. Jeff Keighley, that the Game Awards officially return as a full-scale in-person event, which is going to be held in Los Angeles on December 9th of 2021. So uh, a little over 10 weeks away or a little under 10 weeks away, depending on my math, if it's good or bad. Mm. Um, You excited, Miss Hart, for another physical in-person event or do you think this is a bit too soon? I think, like, genuinely, I think it's a bit too soon, but obviously Jeff will have a lot of protocols in place in order to get people checked, covered, vaccinated, you know, all that sort of business, making sure people aren't mixing and bringing the bad stuff. Um, I understand having in-person for an award show 
I understand how that kind of adds to that experience, but I am definitely still a supporter, especially after what we've experienced of like these online streamed events, not live, not with people around kind of thing, not with Mm -hmm. an audience. I've actually been enjoying it immensely. So I hope, I hope we stick with those. I I prefer those like with the E3s and everything like that. Summer games and all that. I, I just like it without the audience. Yeah. Yeah. It's just... It's a more clearer, concise, tighter run show mm-hmm. when there's less potential real world distractions when it's done live. So, um, you know, it's still going to be great. Uh, Jeff Keighley puts on a very fantastic show he and it's, it's always very highly produced and well put together. So it's going to be fun on December the 9th to see, uh, you know, a couple of uh, world reveals and things like that. We usually yeah. get a couple of firsts. At uh, anything that Jeff Keeley's got his hands on, so be very curious to see if there's going to be another awkward random interview with Hideo Kojima in there talking about well, the director's cut cut or something. Who knows? Maybe we're going to get a second director's cut, um, you know, 2022 8K edition or something. I don't know, but um, oh, yeah, Game Awards game December 9th. Get excited! Yeah, no, I I appreciate the award events. It's good to have a time for game developers and studios and everything to get recognition that they deserve for their hard work. Exactly, exactly. And talking about recognition, we wanted to throw a little bit to those legends over at Humble Bundle because this week they have announced that they have officially raised a total of over 200 million US dollars for charities to date. So they've been around now for 10 years. In the first six years of being in business, they raised 100 million dollars. And then in the previous, uh, after the following four years after that, they've raised another 100 million dollars. So 200 million dollars total for charity. So really, really, really well done to Humble Bundle. Anyone that doesn't um, know what that is or subscribe or partake in their offerings uh, just go to humblebundle.com they have so many games and software packages for like five percent of the total purchase price available and then those sales are going to charity so you're going to save yourself a heap of money get yourself a heap of games or software and you're also doing stuff for good causes they've got a monthly subscription where you're getting like 10 to 12 games a month every month for i think 120 us per year i think it is thereabouts Mm. for the yearly subscription i could be way off on that number but it is a reasonable subscription cost and after you know that 12 month cycle you're going to have over 100 plus games from that yearly subscription you can gift those you can utilize them for yourself Mm -hmm. Uh, you can do whatever you like with them so yeah humblebundle.com those people do amazing work and 200 million dollars that is phenomenal stuff yeah it's great work by the team and i think you actually highlighted it a big misconception now was um humble bundle is that they were just video games but they're actually opened up now to um like you mentioned software i believe they do comics now as well i think they they do something else i think it might be maybe readers ebooks or comics or something like that so they have opened up the you know what they have on offer which is great because obviously it means just more money for charities uh so definitely check it out i know that um you know we've been supporting a humble bundle in this household so we will probably have access to a bunch of games we don't even know about which is always a nice surprise too so yeah i i seem to check mine every quarter or so yes. and then just see the <laughs> the 30 odd new games and pieces of software that i've just been gifted and i'm like oh yeah that's cool yeah. i could give that a go or or you just reach out and be like, hey, Ali, or hey, random friend XY, do you want this? You know, who would like these things? And and yeah, you can you can get stuff like 
um, video editing software, yeah. graphic design software. Like I remember I got Sony Vegas Pro on there for like five bucks Same. or something like that, yep. which is software that usually ran about 200 bucks to buy. So you get stuff on there for an absolute steal and your money goes to good causes. Yep. So um, yeah, Humble Bundle, really, really, really well done. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next bit of news, Miss Hart, this is a bit of a bit of a game changer, bit of a bit of sort of first disrupting of the channel maybe. Uh, and this is on the back of Netflix acquiring Oxenfree developer Night School Studio. So, uh, yeah, they've been acquired by Netflix. Co-founder Sean Crankle announced this week. It's the streaming service's first game studio acquisition and the terms of the purchase are not currently disclosed. Uh, Crankle clarified that Night School Studio will continue to work on Oxenfree 2 Lost Signals, which was announced earlier this year. Mike Vadu, the newly appointed VP of Game Development and Netflix, said that the company in um, is in the early stages of creating a great gaming experience for its members around the world, which was the driving force behind the Night School Studio acquisition. So it's the first studio Netflix has acquired. It's certainly not going to be the last that Netflix is going to acquire. It's going to become an arms race where in, in a few years' time, I think we're going to look at it and it's going to be Netflix, Amazon, Microsoft, and Sony probably mm. own 95% of all the studios out there. Don't forget uh, I, Google. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Google and your gaming platform. Ugh. Anyway, but yeah, this is, you know, it's you know, Night, Night School Studio. They're an up-and-coming indie studio. They've released some fantastic games. Oxenfree was really, really good. I loved playing Oxenfree. But this is just, um, you know, this is the first um, first shot being fired here by Netflix. Yeah. I think there's going to be many an announcement over the next 12 to 18 months as far as studios they're going to be picking up. I don't know. There's something about the idea of Netflix. Obviously, points to Netflix on where they started and where they're currently at. They've obviously been also producing now these pretty decently budgeted movies, TV series now on their own funding. So, you know, they really find their feet and they're producing good stuff. Like they're actually producing some quality stuff. But video games? Mm. Like I guess I get it. Like they sort of they've indirectly dipped toes with like obviously stuff like The Witcher oh, yeah. and Castlevania and some of these other sort of crossovers they're doing, they're which is sticking to what they it's, know. It's a big difference, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, they're sticking like sticking within their wheelhouse and but now they're buying studios. Like like it could be just a case of them just saying like, "Hey, where we own you, we fund you, but you know, keep doing what you're doing. We won't dip our toes too much." But yeah, it's it's a curious thing. Like, and would a gaming studio called Netflix, like a, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. Like, I think for this to succeed. Netflix just needs to sit over the top and just be the the seed capital for them to make these games. Yeah. Like if Netflix, you know, I'm I'm sure this Mike Vadu, the uh, VP of game development, I'm sure he's got some experience in the game space. But like I think Netflix needs to be as hands off as possible to allow these studios to just do what they do, and and Netflix just acts as the bank here yeah. or the marketing machine where they go, you know what, you've made this awesome game now. We're gonna bake these ads into Netflix. We're gonna play these in between episodes of people watching shows. We're gonna do this, that, the other, and just help get these games to the masses. But if they start getting involved, going, you know what, we need to change the scripting here or this or that, it's not gonna be good. But if they just so, here's a bucket of money. Let's let's elevate these games and get them to the you know billions of people that that are watching Netflix on the daily. So be it. 
I wonder if it's them trying to do like a pigeonhole of understanding that there's a lot of IP out there that gamers are fond of that, like like you said, Witcher. So if they buy them directly um, taking ownership of studios, they can kind of mold that in where the studio makes the game and then they can make the show. So then that's kind of like a double dip. That's smart too. Like Oxenfree especially, it could be, it, it's got a similar tone um, to a lot of those sort of teen early adult dramas. Like mm. it hits on some pretty heavy notes. So if you could realize that into a movie or a TV show, like a little limited run series, it makes sense where if they've got that IP under that Netflix banner and then they can, yeah, split that off from a game to, to a to a series or a film or whatever, that certainly makes, makes a lot of sense mm. to me, Miss Hart. Yeah. I'm going to try something different here with this next announcement, something I haven't ran by Miss Hart yet, but I'm going to going to try it. And if this doesn't work when I play it through, I'll just read it through as normal and overhear this in the edit anyway. But um, I thought I'd try and do the first announcement or news headline done via way of an audio-based release just off something I saw on the socials. So here's the next bit of news we're going to be talking about. Hey everyone, this is Herman Hulst, head of PlayStation Studios. As you probably know, we got a commitment to quality here at PlayStation. And that is why I'm so proud to introduce a new member of the PlayStation Studios family. Hi everyone, this is Marco Thrush of Bluepoint Games. We've been partners with PlayStation over many years. You probably know our work on the remakes of Shadow of the Colossus and Demon's Souls. Today, we're thrilled to announce that Bluepoint Games will officially be joining PlayStation Studios. We believe this will empower Bluepoint to create even more incredible, impactful games for PlayStation gamers. While we don't have any game announcements to share today, we all wanted to thank the fans for your passion and support over the years. We hope to have more to share in the months ahead. Thanks for watching. So Bluepoint Studios, Miss Hart, something I think we've alluded to over the last couple of months about uh, PlayStation potentially acquiring this studio to bring under the banner. Yeah. It's now official. Obviously, they are the most recent, uh, I guess you could say, masters of the remake where they did Shadow of the Colossus mm. and they did Demon's Souls, which was one of the launch titles for PlayStation 5. They're working on something original. They're excited to be de-pigeonholed as the uh, the remaster creators and doing their own IP now, which yeah. is exciting. But at this stage, they've got nothing to announce outside of the uh, the acquisition being official. So, Miss Hart, you think this is good? Uh, unfortunately, no horse in the race too much. Um, don't really care for Demon Souls. Um, never played Shadow of the Colossus. Uncharted's obviously great because it's um, national treasure of the game. But this was like, I mean, I, this is just confirmation because they had that issue when it got accidentally leaked. When was it? A few months yeah. ago? A couple of months ago. Yeah. So, I mean, people were kind of expecting, well, maybe maybe they weren't expecting it. Maybe they were just like, oh, cool. We all know now. Um, but I guess it's official. Kind of, I guess it mm. kind of takes the wind <laughs> sales, really, doesn't it? But yeah. Yeah. It's good that for makes them. Sense. It makes sense. Like they've worked very closely with PlayStation for a long while. So it makes sense to bring them on board as a as a full fledged PlayStation Official Studios studio, acquisition. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they're just getting their ducks in a row over at Sony. There, <laughs> yeah, what I said before that that arms race as far as it's going to be like four or five superpowers owning most of the studios by the end of That's this game's scary, war. I think. Though. 
I don't, that is scary. Yeah, that's that's like kind of almost like a monopoly in a way. Yeah, it's going to become like the whole Coke and PepsiCo thing where, you know, it's not just Coca-Cola they own, they own goddamn everything. And it's going to be like that. And water. Yeah. <laughs> I, what's your stance on vitamin water? I like the dragon fruit flavor. Um, I like dragon fruit and I like it. I think it's called XXX, like triple X, I think it's called. Like, I think that's actually what the flavor is called. But we have the zero sugar one here now, so. Oh, okay. Yeah. I wonder if it's if it's just fake water. Like, you know, it sounds like like you buy it and you think, this is doing good for my body. Oh, it's is definitely it really not. No, it's definitely, no, no, no. It's, it's like, it's almost like people who drink Gatorade, but don't do any sport. Yeah. Like, I'm healthy. It's like, did you run today? No. No. Oh, okay. I thought about game? it. <laughs> I broke a sweat thinking about it. my electrolytes are up. <laughs> <laughs> ah, speaking of up, Miss Hart, um, the queue times for this next game we're going to be talking about, and that is obviously New World, Amazon's latest MMORPG that has released this past week to overwhelming popularity. Oh, yeah. My goodness, every person that has a PC is on this game or at least trying to get into this game. But those queue times are pretty rough. Uh, so yeah, the game came out officially this past week and they have uh, doubled server numbers since the release, but the publisher is now asking for new fans logging into the game for the first time to find and join low capacity servers in the game while it looks to cut down on the huge queue times that I have just mentioned. As shared in an update on Twitter, the development team spoke further about how players could avoid New World's existing queue times. Primarily, that's done by choosing to become part of a less popular server <laughs> than jumping into an already packed world and waiting to get in. The new MMO has already become the most played game of 2021, with an all-time player count peak more than 200,000 players higher than Valheim's, which previously held the record. On launch day itself, Amazon says that over a million players entered the game within... While the most recent statistics published on SteamDB show that despite issues with servers, the game has garnered an impressive new high of 758,543 concurrent players. So, everyone is in on this game. I will admit, I did get a slight bit of FOMO this week where I'm like, would I play this? But then... If I got forced into a less popular server where none of my friends were playing, I would be pretty upset. Like, I know mm. there is some soloists that like to play MMOs on their own, but my big thing when I was back being a WoW head way back in the day, I used to roll in that game with friends. Like, I'd like yeah. to go questing together and the banter and everything else like that. But if I'm just chopping trees down by myself for hours... Fuck that noise. So is that a common thing? Like, okay, full disclosure, like, I'm not really into an MMO. Like, I don't think I've really played, like, a full-on MMO ever. Um, they, Some people say that, you know, Destiny is, like, action MMO, but, like, based on what yeah, I watched... It's, it's It's got tastes of it, but comparative to, say, a WoW, wow it's, yeah. it's or like, very um, different. Elder Scrolls, Elder Scrolls Online, Online, exactly, Final, Final Fantasy. Fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> the, one, the ones. Um, yeah. So... I like I've watched a bunch of people play um, New World because everyone was playing it. Everyone was talking about it. And I'm like, all right, let me see what this is about. And by golly, is it boring as shit to me? Um, like, I just watched people chop trees. I watched people kill the same people over and over again, run into town, go to a board, run back out and do the same thing over and over and over again. And I don't see the fun in that. 
Um, so I, I witnessed everyone play it. I witnessed it and said, that's definitely not for me. But I was actually quite surprised how many people got into this. And I'm wondering if this was just, um, you know, it's Amazon, right? Um, they've got the money, they've got the marketing power, they've got like a, a, they've, you know, they've got a lot of oomph behind them. So was this just like a, I, I, I kind of want to see how things go as time goes on because I, I don't think this game, is it going to be as popular as it was on this launch or was it just good marketing? Was it streamer hype? Was it, you know, was it, a, you know, a bunch of these things that just kind of made it the it game that everyone had to play? And then will it die in the ass? Like, I mean, it beat Valheim and who's playing Valheim anymore? That's, mm-hmm. that, that's, that light went out really quickly. Um, so yeah, like, I, like, I don't mean to poo poo on it. Like I said, it's not my kind of game. So it's just, I guess, me trying to wrap my head around it a bit. Um, but I, I want to see where this goes. Is this game genuinely popper, popular or was it just all hype? Yeah, it's, um, it's very interesting. Like I've sort of watched a couple of WoW stalwarts and, and sort of talked to Ryan Panda TV, who's been streaming WoW 50, 60 hours a week for many, 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 many years. And he's enjoying it. But like, I think, I think the true test with these big MMORPGs is that end game content. Like I know the, the leveling up at the start and the grind where you're chopping trees and killing low end enemies over and over and over just to get the the gear score like your level score to get the good gear and everything like that takes a lot but it's going to depend on you know these end game raids and the Mm. dungeons and stuff and that's that's where they're going to make their bread and butter and if if they execute on on that i think the game will stick around a little bit but if it is sort of watered down in comparison to some of those other mmorpgs you mentioned before yeah i'm doubtful but like someone as big as Amazon behind it and after seeing these numbers on the launch, hopefully this has made them all realize within that that dev and, and uh, marketing teams like, fuck, we need to make sure this game has got a, a content release cycle now planned for the next 12, 24, 48, 60 months. You know, mm. let's, let's map this game out with new expansions and new classes and whatever else for the next five years plus so we know players will want to stay around when they can see that yep there is a future for this you know there's more than what i'm getting right now but um it's cool to see like i'm I'm with you i'm not a huge uh player of these types of genres outside of destiny and i dabbled a fair bit with elder scrolls online i'll admit but this this does look intriguing graphically it's very pretty like it's it's a nice looking mmo compared to say wow like wow's Still leans more into, I guess, that traditional, slightly cartoony, arcadey yeah, style. Yeah. Final Fantasy is still stunning. Elder Scrolls is stunning. This looks nice, and it's a different concept. It's obviously less fantasy, you know, less demons and creatures, and it's more about, um, you know, it feels like it's a couple of hundred years back in time where there's obviously settling new worlds and whatnot. So there's a bit of realism grounded into this game, Plus which is magic. cool. But was that? I said plus the magic. <laughs> Plus the magic, yeah, I guess. But um, yeah, it's it's going well. Everyone I've seen that is playing it seems to be enjoying it that is a bit of a purist in that genre. But yeah, we'll see what plays out over the coming weeks, months, and years because yeah. that's where it's going to be the true success. Yeah. And also, how is how is you know World of Warcraft and Final Fantasy and Co, how are they going to try and combat this now? Like, what's the new content they're going to announce to try and keep their players 
um, on those servers. Well, Final Fantasy Online like has been having a bit of a like it was having a bit of success. I'd actually seen that the player base had been increasing quite a bit. So I'm curious to see what this will do to that. And speaking of looks, like Final Fantasy looks way better than New World in my it's opinion. It's so pretty. So. It's so pretty. Like like if I was picking a MMO to jump into, I'd probably like if they're all releasing today at the same time, I'd probably lean more towards Final Fantasy yeah. if that was where I was going to go, just on the aesthetics. Probably go to Elder Scrolls because it's, you know, home for me. It's the one I know the most. Yeah. So It's so good. It's really good. I know, good, it's surprising I've thing, never like, been there, so, like never tried it. Yeah, players that I was playing with just sort of fell off over time and like I just don't like playing those games by myself. Fair but enough. if you ever feel like playing it on an Xbox, I've got a, um, a pretty high-leveled... Uh, Dragon Knight there that can oh, come quest with you. Okay. Well, yeah. I might have to consider I think it. she's rocking a wedding dress as her <laughs> outfit for some reason, but she's a badass. Noted. Yeah. Um. The The next bit of news, Miss Hart, that we're sort of going to tackle, I've, re- I've t- labelled this one is Mario is returning to the big screen and the casting choices have been interesting so um literally this literally happened maybe a few hours after we recorded thg last week Mm. (laughs) maybe the next day it was was somewhere it was in a pretty tight window like thg 256 just came out and then like an hour later this was announced so we just missed the boat to sort of unpack this one (laughs) really fresh but we thought it's big enough news and funny and head shaky enough news to sort of give it a little bit of a segment here at the back end of THG257. So, um, yeah, during last week's Nintendo Direct, the company announced the voice cast and the US release date of the upcoming Super Mario Bros. animated movie. The movie is being produced by Illumination Entertainment and Nintendo. The movie's voice cast features Chris Pratt as Mario, Anya Taylor-Joy as Princess Peach, Charlie Day as Luigi, Fred Armisen as Cranky Kong, Jack Black as Bowser, Sebastian Maniscalco as Spike, Kevin Michael Richardson as Kamek, Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong, Keegan-Michael Key as Toad, and Charles Martinet will do various cameo appearances. So, this movie, it's coming out um, in 2022 on obviously December the 21st, so it's going to be out just before Christmas. I guess they've seen the success and the hype on the back of the Sonic movie. So they went, shit, we need to gear this up and get this into cinemas and into home screens and whatever else they're going to be doing um, at the end of 2022. But there we go. The cast of the Super Mario Bros. animated movie is probably not what we expected. No. No. Would you would you agree with that, Miss Hart? You think this is a bit of a bit of a crazy crazy announcement? It it definitely was. Um, it, it, I mean, for the most part, it seems like Chris Pratt being Mario is the biggest like head scratcher <laughs> out of all of them. Um, I I must admit, when like when the, this announcement first happened, I was just like, I like much like a lot of other people, and it's not just even Chris Pratt, I guess. Like, I think the funniest thing is, is Chris Pratt as Mario and everyone was like, what the F? And then it was Charlie Day as Luigi and everyone was like, what is going on? To full mm. disclosure, I understand Charlie Day as Luigi because Charlie Day kind of has the character of a very frantic, kind of scared, anxious being. So it kind of works with Luigi. But um, I must admit, I was on the bandwagon of a lot of people going like, oh, Chris Pratt as Mario, oh, that's ridiculous. Like, what the hell were they thinking? Um, but someone um, kind of like hit me back with the whole, do you remember what you thought when you heard of Ryan Reynolds was going to be Pikachu? 
Yeah, it's true. And I'm like, you know what? That's that's a good that's a good very comparison to very make. very good point. So I've kind of like take a step back. I'm also um been reading a lot of theories um on what is actually going to happen in the movie, and it could could actually make a lot of sense where people thinking um a very Jumanji kind of um kind of uh, concept where these will be people oh, playing Mario Party. Yeah. But they get sucked into the game, which explains why they do have um, Charles uh, Martinet in there, and he's playing yeah, cameo and he appearances. Could be doing, he could be doing proper Mario, exactly. like they'll meet other Marios in the game and exactly. things like that. So they'll be playing as Mario Party characters. Um, that's why the voices won't match. But yeah, so and I'm like, you know what? This is that that kind of all makes sense. I can kind of see where they would be going with that. So I, I've kind of like calmed down a bit. Um, in regards to this casting, um, but yeah, it, it on on occasion on on announcement, it was very very wacky. I actually really enjoyed jumping onto YouTube and watching a compilation of streamers reacting because oh pretty God. funny. Some of them were phenomenal. Yeah. Some of the reactions, uh, I was in stitches from them being in stitches. Mm. Like it didn't feel real. It didn't. Uh, yeah. Like it felt like it was a parody that these people were getting cast as these characters. But now. See, I didn't even think of that. That if they if they lean into that Jumanji route, where it's yeah, they're they're actors or just portraying general people in the world, and that's how they become these characters in the game. That see, that makes a bit more sense, and then it makes sense how they can, I guess, weave uh, weave in people like Donkey Kong and Cranky Kong because mm. you know you don't directly deal with them in the current sort of mainline Mario games yeah. as much as you do in, you know, Mario Kart, Mario Party, stuff like that. So that makes sense. Yeah. That makes a lot more sense. Out of all those castings, I think I think we can both agree that probably Seth Rogen, Rogen as yeah. Donkey Kong is pretty well on the money. Yeah. Jack Black as Bowser. I can see it. I can see it. Yeah, I, I could see him, like, if they cast him as any one of these characters, I would not have sort of raised an eyebrow. I'm like, you Even know what? Peach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, well, he, see, I thought he could be like Bowsette. Oh, know? remember Bowsette. Lean, lean into that. But, um, yeah, the the Jack Black and, and Rogan castings, I think, were great. Uh, Anya Taylor-Joy, she, she's a hell of an actress. She's, she's a star on the rise. Uh, you know, pun intended, I guess you could say there, especially if we go on the, the Mario Party route. But we thought we'd take this casting news and, um, you know, jump into our into our casting chairs or director's chairs or whoever ultimately makes these decisions in big, big Hollywood mm. and sort of say, if we were going to recast this movie or these people weren't announced yet and we're going to cast it out, this is who we're going to have playing these roles. So, Miss Hart, who is your Mario Mario so I, I try to be pretty open-minded with this and always have two options uh, for casting Fair. of my uh, Mario movie. So for Mario Mario, um, I said Joe Pesci. Oh, uh, okay. Yep. Uh, very, very more cranky kind of Mario, a bit like kind of abrupt, a bit loud. Um, or Danny DeVito. Oh, okay. <laughs> I like that you've gone with two smaller statured angry Older men. Mm. I really like Italian that. Set. Yeah, so that's kind of the angle I went with them. Yeah, I um, I had Robert De Niro as my my shortlist oh, yes. Mario for a minute, but then I thought, you know what? Let's just lean into this ridiculous casting arc that uh, <laughs> Nintendo and Illumination <laughs> Entertainment are clearly going down. And I went, you know what? My Mario Mario is going to be the ageless superstar known as Paul Rudd. I just love him, yeah, just and him I don't everything. know how it would work, but. <laughs> 
Cast him in the damn movie. He can be the star. Paul Rudd, come on down. Yeah. Put Paul Rudd in everything. I I would be happy. Yeah. yeah. And and following that up with Luigi Mario, I, I went with sort of thinking of the height disparity. Oh, Obviously, yes. Mario is typically the shorter. And so I was thinking, I need a taller Luigi. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, well, it's animated, so you're not really going to see that yeah. anyway. <laughs> now I'm thinking about it. So I clearly fucked that up. And I went with Adam Driver as, oh, uh, wow. as Luigi. <laughs> Yeah, so Adam Driver is going to be Luigi Mario to Paul Rudd's Mario Mario for me. Yeah, you know what? And the problem is, is that now I'm just thinking of Adam Driver as Luigi, like just dressed as Luigi. I'm like, I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they've both got the darker hair. They can just uh, grow some moustaches and chuck those uh, that plumber attire on, and yeah. the way away we go. Two, Can't be any worse than Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo. Whoa, you watch your mouth. <laughs> you watch your mouth, sir. How dare you? How very, Rest very in peace big. to Bob Hoskins. Yeah. Rest in peace. Uh, my Luigi casting, I thought um, I thought that Steve Buscemi could be a very nice kind of awkward <gasps> Luigi. Yes. Um, yes, that's fantastic. And then I've kind of like also taken like a weird route as well. And I also threw in David Cross for those people who might know who David Cross is. Um, he was the, uh, the Mr. Show. He was a bit appeared on... Um, Tim and Eric, uh, you know, like he was in oh Arrested Development, uh, you know. Um, so there you go. a bit quirky, bit weird kind of angle I went down there. So that was for my I like Luigi. that. I, I think Steve Buscemi definitely has to be in this movie. He could maybe play. I think it's Lupitu. You you pronounce the name. That's the one that floats on the cloud oh, in, in Mario Party. Maybe. Uh, Mario Kart. Sorry. I, c- I could see uh, Steve Buscemi playing like one of those little ancillary roles like that really well. Mm, or a Goomba. Yeah, or a Goomba. All right, so Princess Peach. I've gone with Kristen Bell as my I Princess Peach. Yeah. I just love her and everything. Uh, I think she's very talented, very funny, and uh, can can you know be very very broad in in her delivery. She can be a bit serious. She can be uh, you know slapsticky. She can be very self aware. I think she'd be a, she'd be a good little Princess Peach. I think she'd be great. Um, I went with Australia's sweetheart, Isla Fisher. Um, oh, yes. I think she could be. Or she could be Daisy because she's got the red hair. That's actually quite true. But we still are not putting these real people in these movies. No, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so I went with her because she's a bit quirky. She can be a bit like high pitched when she wants to. And then I went down a really interesting route because I, I could kind of see it. And I also put in maybe Nicole Byer. As Peach, I'd like to see this like sassy Nicole, um, the sass that Nicole Byer brings in um, to like a Princess Peach role. She can be dainty. I like she that. can be kind of like rough if she wants to. I like that. Yeah, a bit, a bit, a bit of variety in in sort of how she presents on screen. Mm. So there you go. Some good Princess Peach castings. My my Toad casting. Mm-hmm. I've gone with Lil John Perfect. because uh, you know Toad is Toad is a. A creature, you'd say a few words. So if Toad's on screen and he's, you know, Mario's asking him to go to another castle and Toad's just like, yeah! You what? Know, just little things like that. Okay. <laughs> Pass me that mushroom. Okay. <laughs> you know, like, I'm in for it. So little John is Toad for me, please. That'd be mine. I, I only put in um, Kristen Scholl from um, like Bob's Burgers. Um, she Ooh, has a very, that's not bad. Yeah. I like that because I went. I went for the vo- voice. I went for like something that was similar to Toad's. Always like Kristen Scholl or um, Sarah Silverman. Oh, yep, mm. <clears throat> yep. I like that. Actually, they're I think both on Bob's Burgers. Actually, be... I just realized. 
Yeah. Mm. We got some nice continuity here with some of these shows and, and crossovers we've got going on. So Bowser, I still liked the Jack Black casting, mm. but I thought, you know what? Let's let's sort of lean into someone that resembles a bit of a creature and who does some good voice work and is very imposing. You know, big stature <laughs> is not opposed to playing um, Hellspawn-esque creatures. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I've gone with Ron Perlman Ooh. as my uh, as my casting choice for Bowser. I can, I can actually see that, but I'd, I'd, I'd need to see Bowser with, like, a big cigar, like, as well, because Ron Perlman's known for his cigars. So give Bowser a cigar. Um, what about you? Who's your Bowser? Because, like... Because Bowser is royalty, he's a royal guy. I thought it'd be great to give him a more like impressive, like regal kind of voice. So I went with either Matt Berry, um, oh, yeah, from like what we do in the shadows and um, IT crowd or it crowd, however you say it, because um, he's very like well spoken. I thought it'd be funny, or um, Seth MacFarlane, who can also do a very nice, well spoken voice. So I thought it'd be great to kind of. You know, give Bowser actually a bit more <laughs> regalness and maturity to him as opposed to being a big, you know, angry grump. I really like that. And anytime we can include Matt Berry into anything, yeah. I am all for. Throw him in there. He is, he is just heaven on earth, that man. Yeah. I adore anything he does. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I would not be upset if he played Bowser. He'd be such a fancy Bowser. It'd be so great. <laughs> It'd be great. I'd love it. And uh, Donkey Kong, I just I just stuck with the original casting. I want you know what I, I like Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. I think him and that stoner laugh of his, where we've already seen a lot of clips where they've uh, dubbed in <laughs> Seth Rogen's laugh over Donkey Kong and chucked in some voice lines, and it's just perfect. It works. So I'm sticking with that. <laughs> yeah, like I kind of wrote the same thing where I'm like, you know what, Seth Rogen just works for Donkey Kong. But I said if I have to, Danny McBride. Um, oh yeah, okay. So, like. But yeah, I, I think Seth Rogen's just great for it. It's it's now hard. Like you said, people have already kind of thrown his voice, his laugh on like a lot of like videos of Donkey Kong. So now it's just kind of hard to not take that out of your head. So Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to just ta- detach these things from from the peripheral already that they're they're getting thrown around. Mm. But yeah, that's that's our uh, fantasy casting for the upcoming animated not live Real action life Mario Bros <laughs> movie. It's a shame because I think these characters would look fantastic in live action Mario outfits. Yes. But uh what say you 8 bit nation? Hit us up on them socials at we are 8 bit at Brendan 8 bit and at Miss Ali Hart with your dream casting for the Mario Bros movie, whether it be animated or live action, throw it at us because I'd love to keep that discussion going on the socials or over on our Discord. Uh but Miss Hart, let's jump in to this. Sweet of the week. And this tweet comes by way of Pierre Schneider at Pierre IGN. And um, it was from the 29th of September and it reads, IGN turns 25 today. A little online brand launched the same day as the Nintendo 64, back when Excite was the search engine of choice and YouTube and social networks didn't yet exist. The fact that it's still around and uh, the fact that it's still around is thanks to our great employees, past and present, and you. So uh, just a quick uh, shout out and congratulations to IGN. They are the stalwart. They are the benchmark as far as games coverage, um, as far as cracking exclusives. You know, they are the the big dog in the playpen. It feels like in mm. um, twenty five years is no joke. So uh, congrats to everybody, past, present, and future 
that um, has anything to do with IGN because you've been a good source of entertainment information for me for many, many years. Exactly. And like lasting 25 years, especially on the unstable internet landscape, like 25 years ago, like things were still a bit like murky and a bit weird. So like the order for like IGN to survive, they've obviously have to like, you know, be aware, make decisions and obviously evolve um, to last this long and there's a ton of talent that have still worked there have been from there doing other fantastic things so um yeah it's full kudos to imagine games network um <laughs> way back in the when but um ign uh, doing awesome stuff and uh still you know pushing along and setting the bar for you know gaming and entertainment now entertainment reporting Hundred percent. Yeah, that's that's they they do it better than just about anybody. And um, yeah, twenty five years. No doubt, we'll probably be toasting them again in another twenty five years for their fiftieth anniversary because they are a beast amongst this space. And yeah, deliverers of very 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 high end quality content. So uh, kudos to everyone involved there. Let's jump onto this new releases and events okay so as far as events podcasts movies tv and games that are dropping this coming calendar week that you can uh, get your eyeballs your ear holes or your hands on uh as far as events pax online which is obviously replacing pax australia's annual physical jaunt this week is running from october 8th through to the 10th and we're talking october 8th australian so it would be the (laughs) 7th for the northern hemisphere and things like that um, and that's going to be a mixture of, uh, you know, digital, it's obviously digital experience again. So we're going to be seeing a lot of uh, panels broadcast over those three days. We're going to be fortunate enough to be part of PAX Radio, which is broadcasting the best of Australia's gaming and geek culture podcasts throughout those three days, which are listenable not only on the PAX and um, Audio Technica discords, but also on some of the other PAX audio and streaming channels. So uh, check that out. You'll probably see schedules doing the rounds on social media, but there's plenty to see and uh, experience and learn about over those three days with a whole host of great panels across every topic and subject you can think of from the uh, the geek culture universes. So uh, yeah, block out some time from Friday through Sunday next week to... Uh, Listen, watch, learn, laugh, cry, and all those other things. Miss Hart, you're going to be tuning in. You're going to be checking out some yeah. stuff at PAX Online. Yes, definitely going to be checking out all the panels. There's some great, fantastic panels there. If you like D&D, there's tons there, as well as being content creators and working with teams or how to build up yourself as a brand and just being more inclusive uh, in the community. 100%, yeah. Plenty of great stuff there. Uh, so so check that out, October 8th through to 10th. As far as podcasts, you currently listen to episode 257 of The Hungry Gamers. Uh, we're also on PAX Online. Next weekend, we're going to be uh, releasing a very special 2021 uh, retrospective episode, you could say, where we're going to be taking the best parts or maybe our favorite things of 2021 so far. So we're going to be sort of breaking down some of the games, movies, TV shows, so on and so forth that we've watched or played so far in 2021 to give you a bit of a highlight real package to, to listen to on PAX Radio there. So that'll be dropping. Also, the latest episode of Comedy Rewind should be dropping this week as well, yes. which sees myself, Miss Ali Hart, and Australia's John O'Peck talking about Super Troopers, one of Miss Ali Hart's most beloved films. <laughs> it's, it's up there, yes. It's one of my favourite comedies. <laughs> yes, I was the one that was pretty much representing Super Troopers for this Comedy Rewind. <laughs> and you did it well. Thank you. You did it very well. <laughs> 
And uh, obviously, if you missed it, the back end of last week, our Deathloop spoiler cast also dropped on the Hungry Gamers RSS feed as well. So go back and listen to that. The first um, 64 minutes, I think, if I remember right, a non-spoiler. So you can listen to the first hour or so completely spoiler-free and not worry about having things ruined for you. After that, it does go full spoiler. But if you wanted to get a bit of a deeper dive on what Deathloop's about before you're playing it, or maybe you are playing it or have finished it and wanted to see if your opinions marry up to ours, check that out. Deathloop spoiler cast on the Hungry Gamers RSS feed. No new movies coming out this week. Obviously, we've got new episodes of all the all the mainline shows that are in the weekly streaming rotations. So stuff like Ted Lasso, stuff like Heels, uh, uh, Chapel Wait. Um, what else is coming out week? Oh, what we, we do, do in the shadows, shadows obviously. <laughs> what else is happening? They're the main ones I'm watching at the moment. Um, there's a uh, oh wait, what's it called? Midnight. Mass? Oh, Midnight Mass yeah, is out. So yeah, Midnight Mass is out I on Netflix it the whole yet. season. I haven't watched it though. Everyone says it's great and it's really well made, so I'm going to put that one on my radar. Mike Flanagan, who's the uh, the man behind that show, mm. is becoming one of the horror savants at the moment. He is he's, really ascending yeah. the horror hierarchy at the moment. He's making hit after hit. That man. Yeah, like um, he's been doing well, so that's why I have like high hopes for this one. Heard great yeah. things too, yeah. so. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I, I haven't watched any of it yet either, but that's part. That's going to be my binge this week, I think. I'm going to smash out Midnight Mass. So plenty to watch there. As far as games coming out, we've got a pretty full slate this week. So Alan Wake Remastered is dropping this week. Hell Let Loose is out this week. Jet, The Far Shore is out this week as well. Lego Marvel Super Heroes on Switch is dropping. Uh, Nickelodeon All-Stars Ooh. Brawl, which I want to play, Miss Hunt. I want to roll as Ren and Stimpy. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> oh god, a character that like kids these days probably don't even know. No, they don't know. They don't know. Ren and Stimpy is animated adult comedy royalty. Yeah, but it was it, it was so marketed great. to kids, so kids were fucking watching Ren and Stimpy and like Yeah, which it shouldn't have been because really there's heavy twisted shit in that show. Doesn't like Stimpy but, get pregnant? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he's a man cat. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, is what it is. <laughs> Great. Uh, Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania is out this week. Art of Rally. Far Cry 6 oh, is also out this week, mm. as well as Metroid Dread and Tetris Effect Connected on the Switch. So we've got plenty of games, plenty of media to consume this week. You're certainly not going to be short on things to do. So, uh, yeah, you've got plenty of options there, listeners, to uh, throw some money, throw some time. Whether you're playing stuff, watching stuff, listening to stuff, there's plenty of things this week to keep you distracted, especially if you are in lockdown at the moment because it can get pretty tough. So a nice bit of uh, pop culture escapism. Uh, there's plenty there to choose from. Yeah, definitely. Miss Hart, that brings us to the end of THG257. Anything you want to say before we close down this studio for another week? Actually, if you still don't have enough things to play, um, a game that I got pretty excited for is announced a demo. Uh, Aztec Forgotten Gods is announcing a demo kind of like week um, on Steam. So I think it starts maybe now by the time you listen to it and finishing on the 7th. So that's Aztec. A-Z-T-E-C-H um, and uh, I, it's just one that's on my radar so if it was one on your radar they have a demo so check it out nice yeah get amongst it mm. get amongst it but also yeah be sure to check out uh, PAX Online next weekend October 8th through 10 and um, yeah just, just keep safe out there keep smiling stay out of trouble 
just do what you can to get by at the moment. But uh, yeah, until next time, 8-Bit Nation, it has been our pleasure to bring you THG257. Much love. And stay hungry. You've been listening to The Hungry Gamers, one of many gaming and geek culture-related podcasts from the 8-Bit Collective over on 8bit.net. Check out more episodes on your podcast service of choice. And while you're there, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Until next time, boys and girls, stay hungry.